Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Today is Friday, June 12, 2020. On this day in 1994, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman were murdered in Nicole's Brentwood home. The homicide has never officially been solved, but many suspect Nicole's ex-husband, O.J. Simpson. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the deaths of Nicole Brown Simpson and her friend, restaurant waiter Ron Goldman. Let's go back to Paul Revere Middle School in Brentwood, California on June 12, 1994, just before 6 p.m. Parents and family members shifted in their seats. For the past 90 minutes, they'd watched the endless performances of the Dance for Kids annual recital. But finally, Kenny Loggins' Footloose started to play, and the last class pranced onto the stage. Nicole Brown sat up a little straighter in her seat. This was her eight-year-old daughter Sydney's group. Nicole clapped and cheered. So did her parents, sisters, and nephews, who had all come out to support Sydney. Even Sydney's younger brother, six-year-old Justin, put aside his sibling rivalry and mustered a supportive whoop. But Nicole couldn't fully enjoy the performance. All through the recital, she'd felt his gaze boring into her back. She didn't need to turn around and look at her ex-husband to know that he was staring at her. He always was. Nicole knew that her ex was used to getting his way. After all, he was O.J. Simpson, the Heisman-winning football player, the blockbuster movie star, the celebrity face of Hertz Renicar, Chevrolet, and RC Cola. He was rich, powerful, and famous. And when people told him no, bad things happened. For seven hellish years of marriage, Nicole had suffered his jealousy and his beatings. She'd filed for divorce in 1992, but OJ had never accepted that their relationship was over. Too many times, she'd spotted his car parked in front of her house. He frequently pounded on her door in the middle of the night, demanding she come outside to talk to him. She'd called 911 at least 30 times, but that had never discouraged him. And now she couldn't even enjoy her daughter's recital. OJ hadn't done anything to her that day. He wouldn't dare, not when Nicole's friends and family were around. But she knew that he was there and that he was still obsessed with her. It was enough to ruin the happy occasion. Still, Nicole tried not to let it get to her. Once the recital wrapped up, she invited her family to join her, Sydney, and Justin for dinner. 
Sydney's friend Rachel tagged along too. They all piled into two cars and drove to one of Nicole's favorite restaurants, Meza Luna. Over Italian food, Nicole tried to put OJ out of her mind. She split a bottle of Chianti with her family. She said hi to an old friend of hers who worked as a Mezzaluna waiter, Ron Goldman. She wondered if she'd ever have a normal life where she could go out like this regularly without always looking over her shoulder. Nicole didn't want her children to pick up on her anxiety, so after dinner, she took Sydney, Justin, and Rachel to Ben and Jerry's. This was Sydney's special day after all. It should be about fun treats, not Nicole's relationship problems. But Sydney wouldn't remember the night of June 12th for either the recital or the ice cream. Sometime around 10 p.m., Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman, who'd come to her house after his shift, were murdered in her Brentwood home. The killer brutally stabbed and slashed Ron and Nicole with a knife, all while Justin and Sydney slept upstairs, oblivious. Officially, the double homicide is unsolved, but around the same time Nicole and Ron died, Nicole's ex-husband, O.J. Simpson, went missing. A limo driver was supposed to take O.J. to LAX for a red-eye flight, but he didn't answer the doorbell at 10.40 or 10.50. Finally, at 11 o'clock, roughly an hour after the killings, O.J. emerged from his house. He couldn't account for where he'd been all night, nor did he seem particularly surprised when the next day, police informed him that his ex-wife was dead. The inexplicable tardiness, the history of abuse, and the subdued reaction all pointed to one horrifying possibility. O.J. Simpson was a murderer. Up next, O.J. Simpson's criminal trial changes American society forever. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Now back to the story. Around 10 o'clock p.m. on June 12, 1994, Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman were killed. Nicole had a long history of abuse at the hands of her ex-husband, O.J. Simpson. That, coupled with his lack of an alibi, made the football superstar the police's number one suspect. The LAPD wasn't alone in their suspicion. The media breathlessly reported on every development of the investigation, hinting at O.J.'s probable guilt. His fame made the story all the more salacious. O.J. had set numerous records in his NFL career. In 1973, he rushed over 200 yards in two consecutive games. Then he did it again three years later, 
Over the course of his career, O.J. rushed over 100 yards in 42 separate games, and he was the Offensive Player of the Year and the league's MVP in 1973. O.J. retired from football in 1979 and leveraged his athletic celebrity into Hollywood fame. He co-starred in the Naked Gun film franchise, cementing his status as a movie star. The 1994 murder investigation only made O.J. even more famous, specifically in the face of his theatrical behavior. He agreed to turn himself in for arrest, but fled in a white Bronco instead. The subsequent police chase was broadcast nationwide, and a third of all Americans tuned in. For two hours, TV stations interrupted their primetime programming to show O.J. cruise down the freeway, then pull into his own driveway. While 95 million people watched, he finally climbed out of his car and let the LAPD cuff him. Even O.J.'s criminal trial felt more like a soap opera than a solemn legal proceeding. His lawyer, Johnny Cochran, offered wild theories that O.J. had been framed by racist police officers. He suggested evidence had been planted on O.J.'s estate. He even implied in his closing statement that convicting O.J. would be a miscarriage of justice, on par with Hitler's rule in Germany. And when the jury found O.J. not guilty, it was more shocking than any TV show's plot twist could be. All the sensationalism overshadowed the real human tragedy at the heart of the case. When O.J. was acquitted, two grieving families, the Browns and the Goldmans, were left reeling. Neither believed that O.J. was innocent, and they weren't going to let him get away with murder. In 1996, the Browns and Goldmans sued O.J., the Fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution forbids double jeopardy, or charging a person for the same crime twice. But a civil suit, which held O.J. financially responsible for the deaths, was distinct from the criminal case. By the end of the trial, two and a half years had passed since the murders. Public interest was waning, and Judge Hiroshi Fujisaki forbade journalists from the courtroom. As a result, the civil suit was more sober than the criminal case, and the jury gave a more predictable verdict. O.J. was liable for Ron and Nicole's deaths. He had to pay $33.5 million to their families, the equivalent of nearly $54 million today. The ruling bankrupted O.J., Despite the fact that he was more famous than ever, he was no longer the good kind of famous, and he couldn't find work as an actor or celebrity spokesperson. In a separate suit, the Browns filed for custody of Nicole's children. They fought for five years, but ultimately, O.J. kept his kids. This was largely because they testified that they wanted to stay with their dad. Murder accusations just weren't enough to separate a father from his son and daughter. For all its theatrics and tragedy, the O.J. Simpson trial did offer a sliver of hope to an unexpected community, survivors of domestic violence. 
During the criminal trial, prosecutors played clip after clip of Nicole's 911 calls reporting OJ's abuse. Those clips, in turn, were broadcast nationwide. Nicole couldn't get help before it was too late, but her trial raised awareness and launched a conversation about domestic assault. Calls to abuse hotlines spiked, and other victims were empowered to escape from their situations. If you or someone you know is in an abusive relationship, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more on the murder of Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman, be sure to check out the O.J. Simpson episodes of Not Guilty. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It's executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 